Hey, this is Maya. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to The What Project. Where you'll hear inspiring stories of hope. Hey everyone, welcome back to The What Project. Where we hear amazing testimonies. I must say, I am very excited for this episode. I have been waiting a long time for this day. Today, we get to interview and hear the amazing testimony of how my dear friend and our co-host got saved and uh, met the Lord. Yeah, so I would love to share my testimony. Kind of before I dive right into mine, one thing that we kind of talked about this week is that sometimes it's easy for people to say that their testimony is boring, especially if you're someone who got saved young or maybe someone who got saved while living in a Christian home so you didn't have this drastic lifestyle change. And a scripture that came to mind, which a lot of you can maybe uh, quote, but it's Romans 3.23. And it says... That we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And I think it's important to remember that we are all sinners. It's a level playing field. Whether you got saved in a Christian home young or you got saved as a teenager or you got saved older after making some bad choices, like, We're all sinners, and we're all saved by grace and through Jesus Christ. And that makes every single testimony amazing because it's a direct display of God's power, his forgiveness, his mercy. So let's not take that for granted as we think through our stories. So if I got saved when I was five years old, That is just as important as when I got saved when I was 20. Yeah. Everybody's salvation story is miraculous, no matter the circumstances surrounding it. And I think that when we do say something like that, we kind of belittle what God did. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter when, that's God putting your sin on himself so that you're forgiven. And that's awesome. Well, I just, you know, I think about the the parable of the the farmer and the the laborers of, you know, they all started different times of the day, but they all got the same wage. And, you know, no matter when we get saved, that the the reward is the same, the the payment or whatever, it's the same. We're not going to get, one's not going to get more than the other. Right. And we all need forgiveness. Yep. Whether we feel like... We did it early on, like that parable says, and tried to live in a way that was honoring to God. Or if we didn't understand the truth until later, we all need that covering and forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So transitioning back into your testimony, what does that look like? And how did you get saved? Yeah. So I did grow up in a Christian home. So I was exposed to the gospel my whole life. Um, I was very privileged to grow up in a home where my parents homeschooled us. And it was the privilege isn't just that we got to do school at home, but that gave me 
a really unique relationship with my whole family and my siblings, my parents, because we were around each other a lot and we were intertwined in each other's lives. And you'll see that kind of displayed as I talk about how God became real to me. How many siblings did you have? I have seven siblings. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of kids. I love being from a big family. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I only had three, so I or two siblings other than me. There was three of us total. So yeah. I didn't I didn't get that privilege. Yeah. I bet summers I'm sure were fun at times. Yeah. I mean, I just remember childhood super fondly playing. You know, we had enough kids to play all kinds of fun games. Yeah. Yeah. Playing sports. And, you know, we lived on a farm, so we just spent a lot of time outside. We worked together. We played together. I don't know. I really loved and enjoyed growing up in that atmosphere. For sure. And God kind of used that to grab my heart. That's awesome. So what first got me thinking about the gospel was actually a comment my brother made. My family enjoys talking about current events and, you know, kind of debating and just discussing deep things. And I was in my brother's room and we were talking about something. I'm not sure what the topic was now. And he made a comment to me and he said, I know you're not a Christian. And I didn't like that. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> I don't remember feeling angry. I just... Maybe a little bit of defiance, like, how does he know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Right. And that was kind of the one little thing that God used to, like, stir my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny to think about. Because <laughs> it's not like my brother was, you know, I don't remember anyway. Him being, like, sitting down trying to share the gospel with me. Or I remember it being more of a conversation about politics or something like that. But he made that comment to me, and I can still, like, it still reverberates within me. Like, (laughs) I know you're not a Christian. So I took that kind of with me as I left that conversation. And God used that to just cause me to think. Mm -hmm. And I was, I think, 11 at the time. So not super young, but not super old. And my bedtime was 9. And I remember going to bed that night, and that was kind of that thought that was in my head when I was laying there. And I kind of tossed and turned, and I remember being like, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, I'll figure it out tomorrow. And that happened a few nights where, you know, when I laid my head down, that was that thought that was coming. Like, how do I know? What does it mean to be saved? You know, am I saved? What does that mean? And after a few nights... I remember just tossing and turning and finally looking over at my digital clock. We all had those, the alarm clocks (laughs) back then. This was before we all had cell phones. (laughs) Um, I just remember turning over and seeing the clock and it was like 930. And in my child brain, I just remember feeling like, oh, it's 930 and I haven't figured this out yet. (laughs) Time time is going by so fast. (laughs) And I just remember feeling like it was so late, you know, that it was 9.30. Yeah. So at that point, I decided to go upstairs and talk to my parents. And my mom, I think, was in her room. So I went in there and kind of bridged the question with her. And she went and got my dad. And, you know, we kind of talked it over. And I don't remember, honestly, 
what they said to me in those moments and what, you know, how they explained it to me um, in that moment. As an adult, I would say uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10 is probably the scripture that like really defines the gospel for me. And it just says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Or something like that, because I just quoted it, so it could be a little off. But just that it's this heart. It's something that you accept and believe in your heart and something that you have to like confess and say with your mouth. So I remember my parents talking to me about it. And I think anyone who's had this moment knows that there's this feeling that goes along with it. Like it is an emotional and spiritual moment where this transaction is happening, where you're seeing your sin for what it is, and it puts you in this place of humility, and also like at the same time seeing the goodness of God and his mercy and love like on full display. So it's like this really neat (laughs) moment where you see your filth, And you see God's glory and it's like intersecting at this very moment and this exchange happens and you feel it. So I remember, you know, we, we talked and then I knelt by my parents' bed and I prayed out loud and I don't remember specifically every word that I said, but I do just remember that understanding and that knowledge of knowing like I need this and this is how I get saved Hmm. it's by asking for forgiveness because I'm a sinner and accepting that Jesus dying on the cross and then rising again and beating death is how I get that gift of forgiveness and I do remember very specifically praying scripture which I don't know where my heart came up with this at the time. Like, I don't remember a specific memory of memorizing this verse or anything. But I remember praying Matthew 7, 13, and 14. And I remember using some of these exact words from the scripture. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So I did just confess that to God, that I wanted to go on the narrow road. I didn't want to be on the path of destruction. I wanted to choose a different path. And I think that that has been very true in my life. I'm usually pretty bold in making decisions that I think are honoring to God. And even As I grew and went through like the teenage years, I was able to really just say, no, I I don't want these other things. I, I know what I want. I know what my goal is. I know who I'm living for. I know this gift that I've received from God. And I feel like God has really granted that prayer in me to just try to stay on the narrow road. Now, that doesn't mean I never sin. I'm not trying to say that. But just I can see that request I voiced to God has been true in my life. So after you prayed, um, how did, I guess, how did you feel after that? Like, was there any sign of, 
like evidence as like feelings or just yeah yeah i remember feeling this probably will sound odd to anyone who has never experienced this but i remember just feeling like tingly almost and just knowing like something drastic changed in me and there's a scripture from acts chapter 2 and this is peter who's talking says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In that moment, you you feel yeah, this tingling and you can just feel God's power like it is palatable. And there are other times in your life you will feel that. But it's kind of like that first time that you're exposed to it. And for me, I believe, just like this verse says, that, you know, you repent and you're baptized and you'll be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, that's what happened. I repented to God for my sins and asked him for forgiveness. And in return, he gave me his Holy Spirit to live in me and to help me to live in a way that's honoring to him and to forsake sin and choose him. And that is how I felt. I knew that that was, I was sealed then and I had received that gift. I do remember my dad, after I had prayed and was kneeling next to their bed, the verse that he shared with me was Luke fifteen ten, And it says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner who repents. That has stuck with me, and I've used it in ministry, because just think of how amazing that is. That at that moment, when little old me knelt next to my parents' bed, the angels were rejoicing in heaven. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, how personal is that? Yeah. There's billions of people who have lived over the course of the earth. And there's this infinite God sitting in heaven. And one little person came back to him. And they acknowledged that in heaven, in God's presence. Yeah. It just reminds me of the uh, the father in the prodigal son story of just how his son came back and he came running to his son and, you know, gave him his robe and killed the fattened calf and, you know, gave him the ring and threw this party for him. That for one person, God threw this party for that person. Yeah. I I just, I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, and for God to work in my life in those little things, like to use that little comment that my brother made A comment that really wouldn't seem like it has a ton of significance is what spurred on a whole life change in me. And without that, would I have accepted the gospel? I don't know. But that's what God used in my life to do this amazing thing. Yeah. So after you accepted Christ into your life, Was there any big lifestyle change, or how did your life look afterwards? For me, I wouldn't say that there was this huge personality change in me. I lived in a home where, 
you know, we were already reading the Bible together as a family and I was getting a Christian education and like those things were built into my life. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that I had to like do this big overhaul. As I got older though, and just became more independent naturally from my parents, I do feel like I had to kind of make that my own again. I would say 15 was a pretty significant age for me. And that was kind of when I grasped it and took hold of it on my own. I made a commitment to start reading my Bible at that age. And, you know, just was like, I want to know what it says. And I was not a typical teenager. (laughs) I definitely remember like sitting in my bedroom with the Strong's Concordance and like, you know, I want to learn about this topic. So I'm going to look up every word or every time it's used in the Bible. And I, I don't take credit for that. I mean, I think my parents definitely told us and instilled in us a need for scripture reading. Right. And, you know, that is just God. Now that I'm a mom, <laughs> I can just see so many more ways that God called me and worked in me and shepherded me through my whole life, but especially at that time in life. Right. Yeah. And 15. I don't know, I guess. I can't remember if I was 15 exactly when I got baptized, but it was in that range. And this is so God because I uh, was at a church picnic and there were baptisms happening and I was not planning to get baptized that day. And they were in the river already doing baptisms and the pastor ended up opening it up for anyone you know, that would want to come and get baptized that had already, you know, made a commitment to um, Christ. And that same brother (laughs) who uh, made that comment to me that caused, you know, that stirring in me originally ended up getting baptized right then. And I could already feel the Holy Spirit working in me in that moment, like saying, you should do this. I'm not a super bold person in that type of circumstance. (laughs) It's a little out of my comfort zone. So again, God used that same brother to be like, hey, I want you to do this. And look, he's doing it too. And I ended up going down and also getting baptized at the same time in the same day with my brother in a very cold creek. (laughs) Yeah. So why at that time why why did you feel that it was important to get baptized? I think it was just a stage that you know, I was just maturing partly and just kind of realizing like I have to choose like what kind of person I'm going to be. You know, that's kind of what teenagehood is about. <laughs> you're becoming more independent from your parents and you're starting to make more decisions for yourself and At that time, you know, I decided to start reading my Bible and I started the Watt concerts at that, um, in that age group and God grew a heart in ministry. And I just felt like I was really choosing the trajectory of my life and I wanted to choose that narrow road. And that was a way that I could say like, yes, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. I am washed. And that's what baptism is to kind of stand out publicly and say, 
I believe in Jesus. I'm forgiven. I am washed. And this is a symbol of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else? No. (laughs) It's been good to share my testimony, though. I'm not actually sure when the last time that someone asked me what my testimony was. And I know for sure it's been a few years. Yeah. So I'm happy to have the opportunity to kind of think it through again and voice how grateful I am to God for saving me and just recall how he's worked in my life, even from childhood, you know? Yes. Yep. Well, thanks for being the the first one to share on our podcast here on the What Project. It's been an amazing story. I mean, like we stated in the front in the beginning, uh, that it doesn't have to be this grand thing, but the decision itself is what's grand. Yeah, it was great to hear that. And well, thanks for listening to it, thinking it through with me, and I'm excited next time to hear your story and how God became your close friend. Yes. If you've enjoyed this episode of The What Project, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. We hope that you have a great week and that you can join us next time on The What Project.